Hey, we're First to Eleven. And you're checking out the Bottom Line Podcast. What's going on? Welcome to the Bottom Line Podcast, your sports and entertainment destination. I'm Jimmy Finizzi. I hope that you're doing well. As always, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to check us out. It truly does mean the world. Be sure you hit us up on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Bottom Line WMCX. Don't forget to use hashtag Bottom Line. Also, real quick, before we get started, make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube and hit that bell. So you don't miss an episode and subscribe on all audio platforms and include Jimmy when searching for this podcast. So if you are watching on YouTube, you will notice that you are only seeing the bottom line logo. And I do apologize about that. Unfortunately, my webcam is once again experiencing some technical difficulties. So I do apologize about that. Please bear with me for the time being, but hopefully the audio sounds good at least. (laughs) But anyway... It's been a while since there's been a top five list on this show. So I figured it would only be fitting to bring it back. And for this particular list, this one just came off the top of my head. So today's list, the top five underdogs in sports history. Now, when I say underdogs, I'm talking about teams that had little to no chance of winning anything, championship or whatever, underdogs, top five underdogs in sports history. Who are the best underdog teams? What's the best underdog story in sports history? Well, I've got your top five right in front of me. So without any further ado, let's jump into this list. Top five underdogs in sports history. Number five, let's go to the NHL. The 1995 New Jersey Devils. Now, you may be asking yourself, why this team? Well, think of it this way. The year after the Rangers won the Cup in 94, it was a shortened season in 95. People tend to forget that. It was like 40-something games, I believe. And in that shortened season, the Devils, as good as they were in the regular season, were given little to no chance to even go far in the playoffs, let alone make the Stanley Cup final. And the Detroit Red Wings were clearly the best team in the NHL in 1995. So, when the Devils proved everybody wrong and made the Stanley Cup final, they had to play, said Detroit Red Wings. And quite a few people wrote them off immediately. Because they said, oh, the Red Wings are too much of a powerhouse. There's no chance. The Devils are good, but they're too young. They're not going to have a chance against this Red Wings team. Well, the Devils then proceeded to sweep the Red Wings four games to none en route to the franchise's first ever Stanley Cup. Talk about shutting a lot of people up that year. The 1995 New Jersey Devils were a terrific underdog story. And it came the year after the Rangers won the cup, like I said. So talk about a little bit of revenge. The Devils in 1995 are number five on my list. Number four, 
1983 NCAA Championship. Yes, with March Madness coming up this month, I figured let's add a college basketball story to the list. Now, who am I talking about? I'm talking about the NC State Wolfpack against the Houston Cougars. Now, here's a little bit of a background for you here. Houston had future NBA legends on their team, like Hakeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, and so forth. That game was tied at 52, and with less than five seconds left, NC State's Derek Wittenberg put up an air ball, or a pass, depending on what you, depending on who you ask, really, that Lorenzo Charles nabbed and dunked as time expired. That was one of the biggest upsets in NCAA history. Houston was a one seed, and I believe the Wolfpack were a six seed. Someone correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I believe they were a six seed going into that game. But point being, that was one of the biggest upsets in NCAA tournament history. A six seed taking down a one seed with a dunk as time expired to win the national championship. And of course, who was the coach of NC State that year? Jim Valvano. Don't give up. Don't ever give up, as he famously said. So, the 1983 NCAA championship with the NC State Wolfpack winning the national championship is number four on my list of the top five underdogs in sports history. And by the way, Jim Valvano rushing around the court That's got to be one of the most iconic moments in sports history, am I right? Come on. (laughs) Moving on to number three now. How about Super Bowl three? Jets, Colts. Now, obviously, I had to put this on the list because the Colts, then in Baltimore at the time, were 18-point favorites in this Super Bowl. Now, Joe Namath and the Jets were not afraid of this challenge. As a matter of fact, Joe Namath guaranteed that the Jets would win the Super Bowl. And while Namath himself did not have the best game of his career, the Jets won. The Jets beat them. I believe the final score was 16-7. to The Jets went on to win Super Bowl III for their first and only Super Bowl in franchise history. Sorry, Jet fans, I know how much that one still hurts you. But point being, it's looked on as such an amazing upset. The Jets were such a huge underdog coming into the Super Bowl because the Colts were pretty much an inferior powerhouse, according to a lot of people. And the Jets were like the little kids in the backyard or or on the playground. Like, they had no shot against these big boys. And the Jets went out and proved everybody wrong and won the Super Bowl. The Jets in Super Bowl three are, fittingly enough, Number three on my list, the top five underdogs in sports history. Number two, do you believe in miracles? Yes! The 1980 USA men's ice hockey team. This team was just unbelievable. For a team that was completely filled, well, not completely, mostly filled with amateur players with only Four of them with minimal minor league hockey experience. 
This team really shocked everybody when they went out and beat the Soviet Union, who, by the way, won the gold medal in five of the six previous Winter Olympic Games. Think about that. They were a four-time defending gold medalist, obviously heavily favored, and when that game happened in Lake Placid, USA got little to no chance from anybody. But we here in America believed, believed that something, something could happen with this team. And lo and behold, it did. Four goals were scored in the first, one of the second by the Soviet Union, and two goals by the United States in the third period. And USA wins the game 4-3 to three to shock everybody in the sports world and, sh- and shock the Soviet Union as the United States of America men's hockey team wins the 1980 Olympic gold medal in front of 8,500 people in Lake Placid, New York. Just everything they had to go through to get there was simply unbelievable. And Herb Brooks, I mean, come on, one of the best coaches ever. Come on, what are we talking about here? The 1980 men's ice hockey team, a.k.a. the Miracle on Ice, is number two on my list. Now, you might be asking yourself, there's a team that's better than the 1980 men's ice hockey team? Yes, there is. I'll give it to you in a second. But before we get to number one, there's a couple of honorable mentions here. How about the 1960 Pittsburgh Pirates beating the Yankees in the World Series? Now, why is this significant? Because the Yankees scored 55 runs in the World Series that year. The most runs scored by any one team in World Series history. The Pirates only scored 27 runs. The Yankees won three games in results of blowouts. One game was 16-3, one game was 10-0, and one game was 12-0. And the Pirates won four close games. 6-4, 3-2, 5-2, and 10-9. And the Pirates still won the World Series! Despite scoring 27 runs, they still won the World Series thanks to Bill Mazeroski's walk-off home run in Game 7. Oh, by the way, that World Series for the Pirates was their third overall World Series and their first since 1925. Talk about unbelievable stuff. I mean, really. So, I had to put the Pirates as an honorable mention in there just because that was just such a lopsided World Series. One of the most storied World Series ever. The 1960 Pirates are an honorable mention. I feel bad not putting them actually on the list, but it was tough. It was tough. Here's another one. Villanova beating Georgetown in 1985. Now, think of it this way. When Georgetown entered the 1985 Finals... They looked like one of the biggest locks to win in NCAA tournament history. The Hoyas had won the national championship the previous season and had a future NBA star, Patrick Ewing. Villanova 
was trying to become the first eight seed to win the tournament. But as the game wore on, the Wildcats turned in one of the best shooting performances in college basketball history, making 78.6% of their shots to pull off one of the greatest upsets ever with a 66-64 victory. And that is how Villanova won the championship in 1985. They are another honorable mention. And the last one, the Miracle Mets of 1969. We all know what happened. Orioles won 110 games. Mets won 100 games. Mets were a laughingstock for their first seven years. And in their eighth year, they make the playoffs for the first time. They make the World Series, which nobody expected them to. And the rest, as they say, is history. The 69 Miracle Mets are another honorable mention. Now, before we get to number one, once again, just a quick recap here. Top five underdogs in sports history. Number five, the 1995 New Jersey Devils. Number four, the 1983 NC State Wolfpack. Number three, the Jets in Super Bowl three. Number two, the 1980 USA men's ice hockey team. Honorable mentions, the 1960 Pirates. Villanova beating Georgetown in 85. And the Miracle Mets of 69. And number one, you might be thinking to yourself, Jimmy's got to be crazy. There can't be a better team than the 1980 men's ice hockey team, can there? Ladies and gentlemen, there is. And you might be surprised at this one. Number one is the 1960 USA men's ice hockey team. Now, before you jump me on this one, hear me out. Everyone talks about the 1980 team. Well, 20 years earlier, in 1960, this team was arguably just as good, if not better, than the 1980 men's team. Now again, hear me out before you say anything. Russia and Canada were the overwhelming favorites to win gold that year. As a matter of fact, USA was not even expected to get past the first two rounds of the Olympics. All right? Think of it that way. Jack Raleigh was their head coach. They defeated Australia 12-1 and Czechoslovakia 7-5 to advance to the medal round. Then they beat Sweden, who was also a favorite. They beat them 6-3. And then they went on to beat Germany 9-1 setting the stage for a showdown with Canada. And the rest was history. On February 27th of 1960, in front of 10,000 plus people, the USA squared off against the Soviets after beating Canada, by the way. So they had to face off against the Soviet Union Again, well, before 1980, that is. It was a back-and-forth game. Then they were down 2-1 to one in the second, and Billy Christian took over. And then they went on to beat the Soviets, and they went on to the gold medal game against Czechoslovakia. Now, keep in mind this. USA had beaten the Czechs earlier in the Olympics. But they obviously were not going to take anything for granted that year because the Czechs were obviously 
huge. But they went on to beat the Czechs after falling behind 4-3 to after two periods. But what happened after that? The USA won the game 9-4. to And they won the gold medal. Bill Cleary led Team USA in scoring with 12 points, and his brother, Bob, added 8 points of his own. Roger and Billy Christian had 9 points each. I think the 1960 men's team needs to be talked about more. I'm not taking anything away from the 1980 team, because that was obviously amazing. But the 1960 team deserves a lot more recognition because I think it barely gets talked about. The 1960 men's ice hockey team is number one on my list of the best underdogs in sports history. And that wraps up another top five list. Let us know your thoughts in the comments down below if you're watching on YouTube and if you agree or disagree let us know and leave your own list if you'd like on YouTube and on social media at Bottom Line WMCX. And don't forget to use hashtag Bottom Line. We'll do more of these in the future, so don't you worry about that. Stay tuned on Wednesday, where we will have a reaction Wednesday. I'm Jimmy Finizzi. This is the Bottom Line Podcast. See you in the next episode. Peace and take care.